it just kind of struck me that, you know, maybe just to, for all of us to be a little kinder as we go through life. We don't know what other people's stories are. And maybe it's kind of nice every once in a while to sit down and ask what somebody's story is. Okay, we are back with a special guest edition of Write Songs You Love podcast. This uh, this month and a bit here is going to be awesome. We've just got so many amazing guests coming up, and I am thrilled today to have the combined forces. I think I think you two are my first ever duo guest appearance. Woohoo! Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm I'm happy to in, introduce the the first time ever duo appearance of Mark Karen, <laughs> known as Mark and Karen, and I have known well Karen the longest, and recently got to to spend a bit more time with Mark. But uh, as songwriters from the the local region that I used to live in and around the Vancouver Lower Mainland area. And both of these characters just are fantastic songwriters, just with incredible stories, but also do so much within their community for music and the support of music and just music thriving in a continued, continued, continued is not a word, continual <laughs> musical development of, of just awesomeness. So welcome, you two. <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> so I... Yeah, I actually just wanted to kind of take this back because there's a bunch of stories that I don't know about you two, uh, and and even just for for individually for your for me, your musical roots, I would say like where where did the the first seed of music start blossoming for both of you individually? You can go first. I can go first. Okay. Well, I uh, I think I've always been interested in music. I remember listening to my. Uh, a lot of my parents' LPs on on the record player, and I used to love things like uh, classical music and and all the stuff that they listened to. And my brothers were obviously had their musical influences as well. I was the youngest of three, so they'd be playing things like David Bowie and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that on their you know on on the record player. So I kind of grew up in a house that was wasn't necessarily musical, but certainly had lots of music playing around. Then around the age of about 15 uh, at school, we decided that we needed to make, we needed to have a band. We needed to have a band. So <laughs> the unfortunate thing was that none of us could play any instruments. <laughs> so, so I rapidly learned to play the guitar and my friends learned to play their respective instruments. And we had a high school band and uh, that's that's kind of where it, where it started. And of course we needed material. So all of us were writing songs to begin with, but I probably wrote the most. I kind of take, I took to it quicker than the other two. Amazing. Yeah. So, what were you finding in in high school around that age? What What were you writing about? What was the things that was coming up first? Uh, it was kind of based on what the music that we were listening to. So, at, at the at the time, it was the punk revolution in in Britain, uh, punk and new wave. So it was all angry young things, being angry about things that angry young things are angry about. <laughs> what Political did... stuff. I was going to say, I'm like, what rose to the top of the young angry list? <laughs> yeah, political, unemployment, governments, whatever. Right. Um, is, you know, you know, sort of anti-war, anti-anything, anti really. So, so pretty much the same as it is today. Oh, yeah, yeah, more or less. <laughs> The thread continues. <laughs> so I grew up an angry young, angry young man, <laughs> or at least pretending to be an angry young man. I don't think I was actually that angry. Fair enough. Getting the things out. That's good. How about you, Karen? Uh, for me, it started um, with my mom introducing me to piano lessons when I was four. And then when I was five, I was allowed to join the church children's choir. So I sang um, with the church choir for, oh, probably another five or six years while I was taking piano lessons. And then when I was 12, I decided that I wanted to learn how to play guitar, um, that, you know, doing church songs, 
just wasn't cutting it anymore because of course I was listening to, you know, all sorts of other things. I mean, at that, at the time, you know, I grew up, you know, I was born in the beginning of the sixties. So, I mean, I had <laughs> influence of all really great, great music from that time. And, and, uh, so I decided I, you know, I needed to be like Dylan and Joni Mitchell and all the rest and play guitar. And, you know, I had really, really long hair, like long enough I could sit on and, you know, <laughs> was a typical, typical hippie child. Um, yeah. So then I, I started learning how to play guitar. And as soon as I started learning how to play guitar, I just started because I'd, I'd always done writing. I have always had an affinity for writing poetry and as soon as I picked up the guitar, it was like, hmm, I wonder if I can turn these into songs. And then that's kind of where the songwriting started and the playing guitar started. And then I started playing at high school concerts and hanging out in the band room and, you know, singing for people would form little bands in high school and they would, they would need a singer. So it'd be just like, yeah, sure. I'll go and, you know, whatever. So then I'd, I'd sing with anybody back in those days. I had no, I had no, had no preference. And, and we sang all sorts of different songs between, you know, slow, easy kind of folk music to art to Metallica to <laughs> whatever. I didn't care. It's all good. It's Music's all good for me. So, and then it just kind of, you know, continued from there. And then I got, married and once i started having kids that uh, it kind of got put on hold for a little while and then when my kids were a little older they bought me a guitar for christmas one year and said mom Aww. you never play anymore you never <laughs> you know so then it was just like yep okay i need to get get the rust off and start doing it again so yeah so then i was playing and writing a few songs and then in 2007 I met this joker on uh <laughs> online and um we started writing songs together um yeah and then that's just we've been, just been busy writing songs ever since so <laughs> that's interesting that you both both started like already performing in high school, you know, like early, pretty, pretty early on. Like I, that's one thing that I wish that I had started doing earlier. Like I, I didn't sing in front of anybody until I was out of high school and just didn't, just couldn't do it. So it's, it's always really cool to hear about that. And the fact that you both shared, shared that experience already, you know, and then, so when, when you two came together, how did you find that originally? Do you remember the first song you wrote together? Oh man, what was the first song? Bar on Ice, wasn't it? No, it was Sweet Surrender. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, I haven't. Well, man, we, that's <laughs> that's going a ways back. Oh, yeah, no, and it, it, it's um, it it it's funny. It was like it it, it it was like peanut butter and jam. It would just it just meant it just was meant to be together. It was like making the sandwich, you know, and it's just like, boom, there you go. And it, I, um, and it's funny because like the, for the performing part of it, like I may have done performances when I was a kid and in high school and stuff, but when I stopped for a while, there's a few other things that, you know, happened in life and, and stuff. And I lost that nerve to perform in front of other people. Um, in fact, I was doing a, um, doing a work conference for a job that I had and I was standing up in front of a, you know, my boss and my boss's boss and then in flew in the boss's 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 boss. So there was a lot of like really big, important people in this meeting. And I walked out on the stage and I was only expecting it to be like, you know, 50, 60 people that I had to give this presentation to. And there was 400 people in the room and I absolutely froze on stage, got so nervous. I ended up throwing up all over my boss's shoes and leaving. Um, <laughs> oh, Luckily she hasn't done that at the gig yet. Yeah. And that was, that was like, that was like the last time I was on a stage for a really, really long time. So when I, when I first met Mark, I'd like had it embedded in my head that I was never going on stage again, that I'd write songs that'd be fine. But I was writing the songs that I was writing were for him to sing. 
not, yeah, not because I, I I had come from a background of playing in like from the high school band I went on to be in about three or four other bands and then I left New Zealand I left sorry I left England to go to New Zealand around about 97 so I left the band that I was in and then from then onwards I was kind of like a, a solo singer songwriter and yeah. I used to yeah even though your band wanted you to come back oh they, they wanted me to come because yeah. they had a because they, they, they had a they had a record there and they, had, they needed me to be in the band, but um I I, I decided to stay in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> like sorry. Yeah, so he kept performing. So initially all the songs that we were writing together were songs that he recorded and he sang and he performed, and mm. I was just the silent person in the background, you know, going, This is the melody, here's the lyrics, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of videos on uh <laughs> on Facebook that we have. We used to be part of a songwriting group, um, yeah. Casey Turner, and he would give a, a title challenge every week and yeah. try to come up with a song between the two of us. Yeah. And if you look at all of those videos, they're all me singing. Yeah. Okay. Usually camped out somewhere in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't but, until um, it wasn't until not my first. No. Yeah. I guess it was my first trip to New Zealand to see you. Mm-hmm. That we ended up going to uh what's who's that crazy guy that was doing the open mics? Oh um Willie. 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 And you got you, yeah, you actually got the they the... horn swoggled yeah. me into Scottish guy. Yeah, they horn swoggled me into singing. <laughs> and then it was kinda like, okay, I didn't die. <laughs> yeah, and then, then like maybe I sat, could do it again. We we started going to an open mic at, uh, that was run by a good friend of ours, Jenny Vice. At a place called Sisto's, and oh, before uh, that we were, before that was Rogers, yeah. 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 He would drag um, me out to open mics and yeah, and I, stuff around here. Whenever he came to visit, we'd go and check out open mics, and then I started singing more often. And it was kind of like, okay, fine, we can do this. We'll you know do a duo, and I'll and I'll sing or whatever. But I'm not playing guitar and singing at the same time. <laughs> Refuse to do that. I still haven't got it to do that. Nope. <laughs> no, that's not true. Oh, I did, did it yeah, I've done, I have done it twice where I have played and sang at the same time on stage, yeah. but that is definitely not a common occurrence. Yeah, but I, again, I always figure I don't need to play the guitar. Like, you know, he's yeah, like Mister Super Guitarist. Well, can play anything with strings on it. Doesn't matter what the instrument is, and what he can do with a guitar, I have never been able to do with a guitar. So I figure I can play a guitar well enough to write the melody and I write the lyrics and then I give it to him and say, do your magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cool to have a relationship and a partnership that way where you over time and you see that over time where you really get to have a defined set of who does, who generally does what, you know? So in that though, I, like I'm, I'm curious in terms of, of how you, like you you talked about prompts and like, Karen, you've been a part of lots of workshops and whatnot, where we've had all sorts of different kinds of prompts and things like that. Um, how often, how often do you find that your writing comes from being prompted from other situations versus just what kind of happens in life? Oh, well, for me, it's every day because I write every day. Awesome. Right. There's, there's no exception to that. Um, like even if it's just scribbling down notes or whatever, I'm, mm -hmm. I, if I don't write, I, it actually drives me crazy. Um, crazier. So yeah, I write every day. I have got stacks of, you know, poems, lyrics, song ideas, whatever. Um, and it got to the point where, you know, it would be like, I'd be having conversations with people and I carry around these, <laughs> I carry around this little pocket notebook. <clears throat> <clears throat> because somebody that I did a music songwriting class with way back when, when I first met you, Michael, um, <laughs> encouraged me to go into a park and have a conversation with a stranger <laughs> and write a song about it. Yes. Well, since that point in time, it's become quite addicting. I've now done that several times where I've had a conversation with people. Well, and call the place company. Oh, they have not. Joking. <laughs> You're so bad. Her, her pictures on posters. It's yeah, like... it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's up in the supermarket at the local grocery <laughs> store. Um, but yeah, like I, so now I, you know, I'll have a conversation with people and they'll, and they'll be like, you know, just random things like, you know, like we were having a conversation the other day uh, with, with, you know, with somebody about the fact, you know, oh, we think winter's bad here. What must it be like in New York City? Hmm. Okay. Well, the next thing I know, I, that gives me an idea. Blah, 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 blah. Right, right, right. And now we've got a, a, song a, brand, new, yeah, a brand new song is called It's Winter Time <laughs> in New York City. So yeah. I, it's, yeah, so those conversations now, like if you're talking to me at some point in time, if you say anything that is remotely interesting to me, it will end up in my notebook and it will probably end up in a song. And the, and the other the other thing that happens quite often is I'll just be noodling away on a guitar <laughs> and she'll just go, what's that? What are you playing? What are you playing there? What's that? I've got words coming. I need you to record this. You'll get a phone out. She'll record the whatever it is I have to be playing, yeah. and then she'll start writing a song based on it. Yeah, Very just because cool. she likes something. Just because I like the sound. But I always say to her, "You've got to record it because if you ask me what I played today, tomorrow, I won't. I won't remember. Yeah. I'm just noodling. I'm just like totally." Well, it's so cool to be able to have that electricity, you know, individually and then together to be able to do something like that. And you're right. There's something very special about being in the moment with something and having it recorded that way. That is just hard to simulate again or hard to reproduce if you didn't do it. You know, if you didn't have something to to capture it, to to go back for reference, it's a uh, it's a really great thing to just jump on it <laughs> immediately. And then I love the different convert. Like I, I really love hearing that you're you're having more of these conversations. I was curious, actually, if you'd be able to share a little bit about that first one. What happened there? Uh, about, oh, the that, so that that first park situation. Yeah, that first, the very first one that you asked me to do. That was really nerve wracking because I I went for a walk in Heritage Park, which is a local park, beautiful scenery and and everything. And there's a nice walking trail around with benches, and there's always people who are walking in that park and i thought okay if i'm going to strike up a conversation with you know a stranger at least this is a relatively safe place and you know it's friendly enough that you can say hi to somebody and not be thought of as a complete weirdo and so there was this in this particular instance as i was walking through the park there was a gentleman that was sitting on the bench um looking out over the mountain skyline and he was quite alone he was an elder elderly man and uh, yeah, he just looked quite lonely and lost. Anyway, I was walking by. I'd, I'd been kind of making my rounds around the park, just seeing who it was that I thought that I would be brave enough to actually go and talk to, because I was being very timid about it and not, you know, because it's just not not my forte normally. And um, anyway, when I passed around the second time and said hello, he also said hello and said, you know, isn't it a beautiful day? And I thought, okay, that's a really good introduction. Let's go and sit down and and have a conversation. So I did, and he ended up telling me about his whole life story. Like he'd he'd been married, he'd had three children, you know, he was 92 years old and everybody had died in his fat he was all by himself right so he had got was was married to a, a beautiful as he called it brunette and she had gorgeous blue eyes and that's what he remembered the most and he had three kids that you know that all of them died before you know Mom. before him one of them was really young and you know one of them was a heart attack i think in their in their 50s or whatever and another one was from a car accident and you know, so, but he had nobody left. His mom was, you know, obviously his parents were gone at 92, but, you know, like his, his two brothers were gone, wife, three kids, he was completely by himself. And it was just something about this conversation that just really struck me. His name was Joe. So I wrote a song about Joe, you know, as I was walking through the park and saw you sitting there and... I don't remember all the lyrics off the top of my head. I don't even. Well, but yeah. I remember that the wife was called Annie. Annie was, yeah, her, name. Annie was her name. With chestnut hair and eyes of blue. Hmm. 
She died in 1992. And when I met this gentleman and wrote this song, this would have been five, six years ago. Is that when about right when we did that course? Michael? Probably, probably around that yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So that means, you know, it would have been about 2017. So that means he'd been alone for 15 years. No, 17, 2017, 92. Well, My math is terrible. Well, 25 years, 25 years he'd well, been he'd alone. Been, been without a wife. Yeah, 25 years he'd been without a life, without a without a wife. And he never dated anybody else. He said, nope, Annie was my girl. And that was, you know, hmm. that was it for him. Hmm. That was, you know, but it was just that whole conversation with him. We sat there in the park. It was cold because it was, it was I think it was January when we did this class. And uh yeah. Anyway, we sat there in that park talking, freezing to death for over two hours. Oh wow! Yeah. So what of other? You know, what about that was so special for you? What what really stood out about it? I think what really stood out of a what out of a what really stood out for me about it was and and that I actually put that in the bridge of the song was, you know, this could be me. You know, that's that's what really it was just like sitting here talking to this guy and listening to his life story and, you know, and the fact that he was alone. And, and I was thinking to myself, wow, like, you know, put the shoe on the other foot. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Right. Nobody knows we could walk out the front door and get hit by a bus. Right. So that 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 whole being alone thing. And it really kind of struck me that. So many of us, even when we're not sitting in a in a park or whatever, like we walk through life alone and we don't feel like we're seen by anybody, you know, and it that's I think was what struck me the most was the fact that, you know, here's this man, totally alone, been that way for a very long time, spends his days walking through the park lonely just really lonely and just looking for anybody who was willing to say hello and that's what the song is called is i stopped and said hello and this is what resulted of it so it just kind of struck me that you know maybe just to for all of us to be a little kinder as we go through life we don't know what other people's stories are and maybe it's kind of nice every once in a while to sit down and ask what somebody's story is. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting. I love this this whole story and that you had that experience and in general. And I'm curious if there's been other ones where you've gone, you've actually taken a song that you're working on intentionally and kind of gone out into the world or gone gone somewhere and then came back with with an experience like that. Other for either of you, have there or together, have there have you ever done yeah. any other songs like that where you've just going to say like this song has now become our mission <laughs> that we have to go well, and like go out and about and kind of retrieve information for or just an experience for? Well, an experience for because we did one together. We So we wrote a song before we did our tour across Canada. We wrote a song called Time to Fly. And um, the song was about us finally letting go of some of the restrictions we'd placed on ourselves as far as songwriting and playing music in public and everything else is concerned because we'd always come up with so many of these excuses and then mm -hmm. 2019 came around and we thought no we're either musicians or we're not we're either going to do this or it's like it's you know so we were going on this cross-country um, cross-canada tour and had all these shows lined up and everything so we wrote a song or you know called time to fly and it was about um, you know, sitting at the window of this quiet little town and instead of just sitting there hoping and dreaming, actually walking out the door and making a dream become a reality and that, you know, letting go of stuff and moving forward. We played this song when we came back from that Across Canada tour. Um, first of all, we played that song several times across the country and everywhere we played it, people were getting very emotional 
I mean, like, it's a really upbeat little song, but they were getting really emotional when they heard it because they were in a position in their life where they were stuck and they needed something to push them to make a decision to move forward so that they weren't stuck anymore. So we started recognizing that, wow, this song's got a little bit of power behind it because it's really connecting with people in their day-to-day lives of whatever it is that's going on with them. And then when we came back from that tour and our last show locally here was um, at a, the, one, a tea shop here in, here in town and we played this song and we didn't even get halfway through the second verse. And this lady in the front row starts bawling her eyes out. Like she's just sobbing, like hiccup sobbing, yeah. kind of like. What did we do wrong? And we're, and we're just like, oh my God. Is like, it that bad? Yeah, we're just like, you know, so we stopped singing. Like oh, everybody wow. in, the, in the restaurant stopped and we're like, are you okay? Like, is there, you know, I thought maybe she got just a text or something that some disaster had happened. and. You know, and because she was sitting right there, it was just like, and it's really hard to sing over, you know, when when somebody is like that yeah. upset. So <laughs> we stopped singing and and in between and, you know, and by, th- by the time we stopped singing and she was, you know, doing her crying and then the friends that she was with at her table, they all started crying because they knew why <laughs> she was crying. And we're just like... I, I don't understand. Like, What's happening here? Yeah, what's happening? So anyway, when once everybody was kind of calmed down and they could actually speak a normal conversation without, you know, trying to gasp for air, she explained that that particular day she had been faced with um, a relationship that had gone um really bad like it was just it was just not a healthy thing for her to be in it was an abusive relationship she didn't know what she was going to do she knew what she needed to do but she didn't have the courage to make the decision of what to do until we played the song Hmm. and we got to the second verse you know where it's talking about letting go of the past and letting go of the things that hurt you so yeah that are holding you back so that you can you know it's time to fly you know it's time for you to go anyway when we got to that part of the song is when she just all of a sudden it was like boom i'm making this decision and that crying was her emotional release of okay this is what I got to do. And it's scary. And I'm going to be on my own, but her friends were there and they were all, and it was just like, so yeah. So we ended up going back and singing the whole song through the whole way because she had made this decision and yeah, she, you know, we signed a CD for her and, you know, gifted it to her and she was taking that home and I mean, it, was a, it was a small place, so it was a very in, it was a very intimate, intimate concert. concert. Yeah, there was they could hear every people. word that we were saying. So yeah. it wasn't like we were off on a stage somewhere. It was it, it felt was, like a conversation. Yeah. Wow. So ever since then, now whenever we play that song, there is always somebody in the audience somewhere that has that kind of reaction, going, "I really needed to hear that song today." Hmm. So it's like, okay, that's become our flagship now, is that we're going out and helping people make decisions. It's time to fly. <laughs> Stop yeah. letting yourself get held back. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I, I'm fascinated by the story because particularly how how it worked for you because you said that you, you both had layers of, of resistance and things that you were kind of holding yourselves back on yeah. that. And so I'm curious, like, one, what, what were those things? And two, how did you get through them? Well, I was working a job that was going absolutely nowhere. And it made me absolutely miserable because ethically and morally, it was it was not aligning with my personal beliefs. And it was just it was just really mentally draining. It was causing a strain. Um, I think between both of us, that job, because it was, it had no set hours. I was doing a mortgage brokering for a, so I was a mortgage broker manager for a a financial institution. And 
it was just, you know, you, you get asked to do things in the name of, you know, big banks and finances that, you know, darn well, they're not good for people, but yeah. it's part of your job description. And it was getting to a point where I couldn't do it anymore because it wasn't right. And, um, you know, and of course, and I would bring all that angst home and then it mm -hmm. would be, you know, and we were, we were both so tired from all of that, mm -hmm. you know, Mark was doing a lot of commuting. Back yeah. And I was forth. commuting constantly in and in, in and out of Vancouver. So, yeah. So, so we uh, made the decision where now he works mostly from home. Yeah. And okay, now coming, but mostly I work. Before we went on that tour across Canada, I quit that job and mm -hmm. said, nope, music is now going to be my thing full time. We're either going to do it or not. So hmm. and we've been doing we've been doing that ever since. Good for you. Well, there's something and, really special too about that, you know, like when you've when you've made a decision like that and then you go forward and live that path and then you have a song to speak to that too you know it's that there's that much more i don't i never i always struggle with what word to use for that I, my default is mojo it's like <laughs> there's 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 something that's very unique that is just particular to your story and your lived situation that only you can do you know like you have your version of that and and when you see other people in in all those levels of alignment in what they've made as life choices and what they really believe fully in and then their music like and they're out there sharing the music and 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 all of that is so powerful and it's really you don't have to be told to feel it it's something that i think when when it is your experience that comes through the performance that comes through the lyrics it comes through the music and yeah. that really affects people clearly like it did it has done a lot in your in your experience of what's coming through there and and i I that's kind of in line is what, what the, all this podcast is about is is really digging into those kinds of things and highlighting those stories because I think that's where all the magic is. You know, that's that's where if like the more the more we can f access all those different layers and kind of put them into in some kind of alignment, it, the, the results of that and the impact of that is huge. You just personally in our own experiences, but also with everybody else in around us in our communities and and what's kind of fun about that i'm curious ha, has that experience affected how you look at songwriting going forward um it has for me um i know when i write lyrics now i'm i don't know whether i'm looking for the potential of that emotional connection with people or, but it has altered how I, how I write songs. And, and in order to, it, in order to see whether or not it was just like a, you know, just a one-off thing or, or whatever, I started doing um, collaborations with people, songwriting with different people around the world. And um, just to see if other, if if there could be as much of an impact writing a song with somebody else that I didn't really know that well or that I hadn't gone through any of those experiences with. And so far, it's been a really interesting journey. Um, you know, I, I wrote a, a a song with a lady by the name of Sue Corrigan um, down in California about her divorce which you know the emotion of that and the pain of that breakup definitely comes through the song so it's not necessarily a song that you would perform like every night in, in regular performances but it is definitely one of those songs where if you are going through something like that that you can relate to and that you can get something out of it because there is there is a sense of healing in that song about what happens when you go through a relationship. And then there's one, which is one of the ones that we did with, um, with Jane. Oh, my brain's gone. My brain's no, gone. Sorry. My brain wasn't there in the first place. <laughs> Your brain was there. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a lady and there's a lady in Britain by the name of Jane Shields that I, that um, I've been doing some collaborating with. Those songs are not 100% complete yet, 
we have completed the music for one of them. The song's called, excuse me, the song's called Rainbow. We played that as a test for some, for a private audience last weekend. And the lady who was sitting, again, same thing, very powerful. The lady that was sitting in the chair listening was bawling her eyes out hmm. because her husband is currently going through cancers. Yeah. And the whole idea of this, you know, rainbow is um, I have actually... To stop, I have to stop upsetting people. Well, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not upsetting people. It's giving people an emotional release, right? Like a lot of times, most of us Sorry. will... Yeah, we will go through these experiences and we will internalize those feelings. We won't let them out. We won't process them. They get buried. And then it ends up manifesting itself in physical illnesses and stress and all sorts of other things because we're not dealing with the emotions of things as they happen. And one, and, one of the things that she said was, your music creates a space for, my, for, for her feelings, for her experiences. That was yeah. an interesting way to put it, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a show that, yeah, that was a private thing that we did yeah. last weekend. And, and it was a beautiful statement to hear that, the, you know, that the music that we play makes that space for people mm -hmm. so that they can feel their story without feeling like they they're having something shoved down their throat or that they're having to feel somebody else's stuff. They get the space to feel their stuff. Yeah. Which is important. People need to do that. And it's like, like the chorus of this song is, um, um, she rides the troubled skies on ribbon wings, offering up the hope of brighter things, vanishing like she was never there at all, a whisper in a moment, magical. And that's that, like it goes through the whole, you know, thing about rainbows and all of these different scenarios. And I'm not going to read the whole thing out of it. You're just going to have to wait till the song gets released, which will hopefully be very soon but um yeah but it was just like so so now we have like i said we've had we've had a couple of songs now that have created those kind of emotional spaces for people this will be this one i think is going to be the next one that's going to have that same impact as what time to fly had where mm -hmm. it's going to allow people to have space and from a musical point of view what's interesting about that song is it was written around the time that jeff beck had just died okay mm -hmm. so i don't know if you're familiar with jeff beck but mm -hmm. he's he was a huge influence on on me as a guitarist uh, you know he was a, a completely unique individual and i think everybody who's heard his music has, has sort of said i i've never heard any guitarist play like he does now there's there's lots of stunning virtuoso guitarists, but nobody plays like he does. Well, he did, and it was at the time that he had just died, and there was a song of his called Nadia, which I'd, I'd recommend anybody to listen to. And um, it uh, and so I took the, the chord progression. It was kind of my take on what that that the major melodic theme of that song was. It's not supposed to be a copy. It's not supposed to be the same as we won't get copyright strikes on, on whatever, but, um, it was, but, an inspiration. but it, was, it was inspired by it. Yeah. yeah it so, was your inspiration. so there was inspiration both from the, the lyrical side and from the, the musical side as well. Mm. Influences are a really neat topic in, mm. in all of this as well. I was thinking about that in the last week, I go through phases of that, but I am, I'm, I'm curious how, well, like that's a great example of of how just timely something was, you know, bringing bringing this major influence back into your life and with a different lens and a mm -hmm. bit of a different focus or maybe a different appreciation. There's something that happens when you find out someone's gone, you know, that's just like, whoa, okay. Like all of a sudden the impact that they've had on your life in many different ways becomes right up to the surface. What do you think about just how to say this mm, I have two questions in my mind I'll start with this one the first one is when it comes to in having influences and, and thinking about influences at, at what point you know do you or for for either of you have you maybe done something in the spirit of like, how do you, how do you differentiate where that splits, where that's going from copy to, to going to, to how it influences you and gives you an idea. 
Mm. Um, I don't know, because I mean, like, even though there's a lot of artists and different, you know, songs that have played an emotional role in my life as an individual, not as a musician, I don't mm. know necessarily whether or not I have been inspired by that as far as my songwriting is concerned because my mm -hmm. writing is like I said it's it's I literally at any given time of the day have thousands of words that are rolling around in my head constantly and I have to I have to write them down like you know Mark will attest to the fact we have reams and boxes and Tupperware containers. And actually we have a whole garage. We've had to rent a storage unit. I'm not kidding when I say we have, I have stuff that I have written down the decades worth of stuff. Yeah. And, it, you know, from a songwriting perspective, I won't get rid of any of it because you never know just one line from something somewhere is, <laughs> you know, well, you bring so up, I don't, know, I don't know for me if influences of other, you know, performers i mean there are some who have definitely you know made an emotional impact on yeah. me and if, when they passed away it was like it was heart-wrenching like i actually went through even though i didn't know these people i actually went through a grieving process when they passed away because it, it felt like a part of myself had died at the same time you know like when david bowie passed away or when prince passed away or when john prine passed away it was just like yeah. Ugh! You know, but I don't know. What about you? Well, for me, the, a lot of my early, early influences came from the music I was listening to um, as a as a teenager, especially things like The Police, Sting. Sting was a great influence on me. You mm -hmm. um, 2 all the way up to about um, Unforgettable Fire, I think. And then after that, I kind of lost, lost track of what U2 were doing. But I, I always... Again, as a guitarist, I loved the I loved the kind of soundscapes that Edge would create over the top of the sort of fairly straightforward bass and drum beats that, that they use, but this beautiful kind of soaring soundscapes that they they could create. Um, so, I, and, and songwriting wise, people like Joe Jackson, sort of brilliant songs that 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 guy that guy writes, and Elvis Costello, just. People like that who who have got these very inventive storytelling ways of creating lyrics. Uh, a lot of my lyrics were also based around a lot of my own personal um, influences when it comes to my own philosophy. So I often wrote songs about um, environmental things. Again, you know, sort of some of the things that are being about against war and and then social situations and that. And funny enough, the other thing that I used to write a lot of songs about was about the fact that I, I didn't have a great time with females when I was a youngster. Um, I was the king of the uh, unrequited love, so I had a lot of songs of, yeah, I like this girl, but she's she's just really not interested in me. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I probably would have would have resonated with any artist who had those similar, you know, similar songs about being being the. Uh, being the not so great um lover <laughs> <laughs> you know it's amazing that you and i actually got together as a partnership when our when our musical tastes are so varied they are very varied but i think that's a good thing i think that's a great thing i mean you were all um you were a lot a lot of rock and country yeah. and yeah. Well, yeah. Whereas yeah. I was very much. More I would go it. from Etta James to Metallica to ACDC to Def Leppard to, you know, Alice Cooper to Joni Mitchell to Janis Joplin. To, but you were. Well, Joni Mitchell was a was a definitely a common, because my my brothers were listened to you. Yeah, your brothers have more musical tastes and that, that is matched to mine. But yes, well, that's because they're you're a little bit older than me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well here's here's a different kind of spin on this as well how do you see yourselves as being influences to others influences to other well um we do the youth open stage which we've done for the last nine nine years now holy doodle um <laughs> yeah wow um 
so there's been a lot of kids who have come through that program. And I think the biggest influence that we've had on those kids that come through the program is if you have a love of music and a passion for doing it, don't let it go. Don't, you know, don't trade it in for some quick fix somewhere, pay attention to it, put the effort into it, you know, and as a result of that, we've got, you know, we've got four or five kids who have come out of that program who have now made music as their profession. It's what they love to do. They go out and they gig and they play songs and, you know, and, and one of them is doing extremely well for herself. Rebecca is doing, mm -hmm. yeah, she's doing amazing things and the songs that she's writing and the albums that she's creating, the shows she's putting on in Vancouver are, are beautiful. Um, leaps and bounds above anything that she would have, you know, learned for us. But she, what she learned was the work ethic. Like, yeah. you got to work at it. It's not, you know, it's not something that's just going to be given to you. If you are passionate about your music, you got to work at it. We've got a young fellow who's currently um, back East. Uh, and he got, ex because of, he was with our program the longest. David was with our program for seven years. And yeah, and he got a scholarship to Berkeley. Um, so he is currently doing that. We have a young girl with us currently um, who, when Theo first came to our program, she was really angry, 13 year old, and had absolutely no intention of performing. She was only there because her mother made her come. But we gave her a year of just finding herself, you know, letting her explore different things without putting pressure on her to perform or to sing or to write anything because she came into the program writing absolutely brilliant poetry, very dark poetry, but it was still brilliant. Since that point in time, that was four years ago, since that point in time, she now performs because after that first year, she decided, okay, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll try singing. Maybe I'll try to do this typical teenage behavior. She's now for the last two years running at her high school. She's been the lead singer in dramas and plays and musicals at school. She has learned to play bass, guitar, drums, and piano. So she's learned all four of those instruments and she is now writing her own songs, which are actually pretty darn good. And um, hmm. yeah, if she can meet the quota of the number of songs that she needs to write by the end of the program of this, of this current year, then she'll be playing on the youth open stage because we have a partnership with the Mission Folk Music Festival nice. for the kids that are in our youth open stage program that they get to play on the youth open stage at the Mission Folks Music Festival. That's their first official paid gig that they get hmm. to do. Wow. Um, they get to share the stage with however many students qualify. It's usually three or four. Mm -hmm. You know, they get paid 75 bucks to sit there and basically they're playing for 15 minutes each. They've got a 45 minute time slot. And uh, the requirement is, is that they have to play five original songs that they've written themselves. Um, and then whoever it is that gets selected, um, they find out in June who gets selected. The folk festival is in July. They've got five weeks to write, to do a collaboration and write a song together. And then they have to sing that collaboration on the stage in front of everybody else. So that's part of the program. And uh, it's, you know, like a lot of the kids said, say, you know, we, or as Theo said, we test her patience. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um but you know it's it's about perseverance and consistency and i think that's the thing that the kids yeah. get the most oh another one that colton's put out his second album oh really he's hey a... don't don't knock he, it. oh he's, no it's very good I've heard this. I've colton's this. music is it's it's far, it's it's far out there um but he has got his music played in some very unusual indie films and yeah. whatever wow. so 
Yeah. So we've had a few kids come through that they, and what they, what they take from us is, yeah, is hard work. Consistency. And COVID made it very difficult to run that program, but we are, we are really wanting to ramp it back up again and, and get it to be, uh, to be more yeah. successful and, and to get, to get some kind of nonprofit, um, backing so well, no, that, we, yeah. we, we've got that already what what's yeah. happening with the yeah we've got the non-profit backing yeah we've got yeah. get the grants going yeah no what we're what we're getting now is um we've had a meeting with the cultural director for the city admission and now the city is stepping in so they're going to help ramp up the program yeah. so more kids can have access to it so yeah um, oh and we're awesome. also joining forces with the optimist club here in town who run a talent show kind yeah. of like kind of like the american idol kind of deal but they do a mm -hmm. talent show here in mission that runs as well so which is another thing we do we, we we're judges on a local school does a every year yeah, it does yeah. a black voice yeah. kind of thing with classic voice. voice yeah so we've, we've that's another thing we've had influences yeah. on because we've been doing that for the last six years and again the same thing with the kids it's like you know, they all have this thing about, oh, I just want to come and sing and do karaoke with my phone. It's just like, yeah, sorry. The first thing that happens when you walk into our classes, the phones all get turned off and put away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're all like, and they're no! all like, oh my God, oh, I can't survive. Here's no. my phone. What if I get a text? They'll leave a message. <laughs> so, you know, three hours, classes, three hours in length, and they have to sit there without their phones for that whole time. But they learn something from it though because it's like it's once a week and then they start once they've you know had gotten over the cell phone shock withdrawal thing for the first month after that it's they're they actually look forward to coming and socializing and talking with each other and you know really getting involved and you know yeah i like this chord no i don't like this one and uh you know we make them sing together and play together and write, know, write songs yeah, together. write songs together and yeah we're mean. You guys. We're yeah. absolutely mean. That's, that's why I like. That's why I like you. Yeah, <laughs> we're just horrible people. <laughs> no, it's great. It's awesome to hear all the layers of of what you do, and 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 particularly to speak to like yourselves and your growth as artists and writers and creatives, but also and where that comes from, but also this other side of it of like what you give back, and you two give a lot, and it sounds like you're just enjoying it so much, and and I know. Like the area that you're in, living in as well is just music is such a special, special thing. Mm -hmm. And not that it isn't in other places, but it just seems like it's super embraced in in that community that you're in. And those yeah. listening that don't know the Mission Mission Folk Festival is just such a fantastic festival that you feel yeah. in every ounce of it so much heart. And and it's been one of my favorites to experience as well. And I've got a lot of really special memories from that kind of a thing too. So the fact that like youth get this opportunity to see what this is like and to move up to this stage where like, you know, the biggest people in, in that field are yeah. going to be there, you know, and, and that's really inspiring to, to be among that. And, and I know that the city and the region recognizes what you both do. Like, I know you both won an award for, for running this thing, a yeah, civic so award, which is the code you know, to celebration of the arts. That's right. Which yeah. is amazing. So yeah, yeah, congratulations with that. And, and I love, I, I think I don't I don't feel a difference in the passion that you two have for songwriting and the craft of music uh, compared to what how you translate that to others and your encourage your your um see where the enthusiasm to want to share that and help others learn that too is is amazing like that's a really special thing so I just wanted to yeah. acknowledge that and recognize that and thank you for being people who will you know out there wanting to preserve that and and, and just demonstrate that because well, that's that's what keeps it alive and that's what keeps it special and yeah well and encourage other artists i mean that's the reason yep. why we run the coffee the house, coffee house yeah. i mean that that's another as you well know that's yeah as you were as you know because you were our first performer yeah. on the series this year but yeah. um yeah the the coffee house is another because that's a hundred percent volunteer yeah. organization too nobody gets any money the only, per, the only person who gets money is, is the, the artist is the feature <laughs> performer you know but that's you know that's something because we want to see live yeah. music continue it's important yeah. it's an integral part of everybody's life in some way or another like music 
for all of us impacts us somehow in some way we can all sit back and look at memories of our life and go yeah this song at this particular time or you hear something and you know and everybody has memories attached to music and mm-hmm. you know there's so many venues these days that are shutting down there's you know mm-hmm. so many restrictions being placed by governments and organizations to try and curtail people's ability to listen to live music and we'll make it difficult for you sure. know and like, yeah make it difficult so and of course we're like oh hell no that's not happening on our <laughs> watch that's you know we're going to make sure that people have got a place to go i think and one of the got great a place to play yeah i think one of the great things about the, the coffee house series is that it's split into two halves if you remember the, you, you have a half where you you mm-hmm. just get people who yep. just want to come up and do a, a little bit of open stage stuff and they get three songs each just starting out people and then just... well not necessarily just starting out but no, you know but, but the, and then you get the an hour of the uh, featured artist yeah mm-hmm. so whenever whenever you get a whole bunch of music musicians in the same room they start talking to each other totally and so it it, it engenders the community of that we that we love to see because we get artists in from as far away as we can like we we've, we still not haven't got the people from international um, you know, we were hoping to get. Uh... Not yet. That's. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> Keep that under wraps until Thank it's ready. <laughs> until I have a contract in hand, let's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. keep that keep on the that down one. Keep that on the. You're hilarious. But uh, we do like to get lots of different artists in, and and it just promotes that dialogue between between Definitely. people. Definitely. Well. Just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to both of you for taking time to come share your stories on here. And I know lots of other people are probably going to want to figure out where to find you. So where's the best place to locate or connect or any of those oh, things? Oh, where's the best place to locate us? Um, wow. <laughs> like there's, well, we got a few places that are under construction. We have our own website, which is www.markarenmusic.ca. Um, so there is a contact form through there and there is a little bit of information on there, uh, that is currently being built. So there's not a whole lot on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook. we've got our Facebook page is probably the easiest way. Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook is the easiest way, which is just Mark Aaron music, M-A-R-K-A-R-E-N. So oh. it, it, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and through there is, you know, you can get our email and, Contact details, Mission Coffee House concert series has its own page. So that's if people are looking to come and play, they want to, you know, like that's a good play to thing to follow if they've got their own music careers that they want to advance or if they want help advancing that. Um, you know, that's a, that's, that organization is, is built for that, for helping fellow musicians out. Um, yeah, that's, Probably the easiest place to get a hold of us. Yeah, Instagram, and there's Facebook. contact there's contact details for all of those. So yep. any of those um, avenues you can use to to get yep. in contact with us for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe a game, maybe a board game as well in there, or something like that. <laughs> board game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we do like our board games. We do like our board games. Who told the secret? Who let that out? I've I've been to your place before. I know things. Oh yeah, you know things. That's right. That's right. I forgot you have the relationship with the stuffies. Yeah, stuffies and board games. Yeah. <laughs> Sunny, Sunny made an appearance with, with the stuffies. Right. Sunny on Sunday yeah. and with stuffies. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> since the last time you were here, there has been uh, another stuffy. Another couple. Yeah, yeah, another stuffy added to that. That Sunny, you know, it's, it's, actually, it's actually a it's a walking sunflower. Amazing. Perfect. So. <laughs> You'll have to come back again. That sounds good. Yeah, I got to meet the sunflower. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, thanks so much, you two, and look forward to hearing what you're up to next. Well, thank you so no, much. Well, thank Mike. you very we much. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate what it is that you do for the music community as well. You know, the Right Songs You Love program is an amazing program. I I know from personal experience, because I've been through it a couple of times, that it has helped me tremendously in ways that I am still discovering. So um, highly recommended. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Well, that is Mark Karen. Mark and Karen, 
fused together in one magical musical force. They are just the loveliest of, of people and really awesome songwriters. Love what they do for community. All the different layers of how they integrate everything in their being into their music is just so special. So I highly recommend going to check out all their stuff. If you actually go onto their website, markharonmusic.ca, you can actually see a video of them in the Mission Coffee House that they is an event that they host, but they're playing with their four-piece band, that song called Time to Fly, that, that they both shared about may have to come with a warning in the fact that that song can potentially cause dry heaving in presence of others. So watch out for that. Maybe have a box of Kleenex nearby. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just uh, so happy to be able to bring people like them on on this show and introduce them to you. So I hope you enjoyed that. Lots to take away. And I do encourage you to connect with them to somehow collaborate or just say hi. I'm sure they would really appreciate that. Okay. Well, as always, thank you for spending your time here lending your ears and always appreciate when you share your comments either through the newsletter or through the Facebook group or however way you want to share it. I always enjoy hearing what's going on in your songwriting journey and if there's anything I can do to support that along the way, I'm always happy to. So for as a final thing to send us off that exercise that Karen was talking about when I told her to go talk to strangers <laughs> and write a song about it. It was heavily inspired by an experience that I had had at the beginning of my walking tour through Canada when I was over in the East Coast, and I just kept meeting people who had, I don't say similar stories, but similar threads of of pangs of loneliness and, and just that deep longing for connection that wasn't really being met, and, and those were very openly shared with me. And I uh, wrote a song about it called all we ever need. And I'll, I'll leave that here with you in spirit of uh, Mark Heron. And we'll catch you next time. And Sarah goes to work every day at nine. Fixing the world and trying to make it right She's tired of searching for a man online And cuddles with her roommate every Saturday night And Judith cuts through lies like a razor blade Senior partner, yes, yeah, she has it made. Lives in the city, but she can't stay. Moves to a town where the people wave. And all we ever want is a little affection. Somebody to hold at the end of a day. All we ever need is a little connection Somebody to tell us everything's okay And Richard loves his wife and her soft embrace Rubs her feet Getaways, but she works too much to reciprocate. He calls it quits, cause she'll never change. And all we ever want is a little affection, somebody to hold at the end of a day. All we ever need is a little connection. Somebody to tell us everything's okay Well the heart only wants a few things 
of tune and touch of love is all it really needs And all we ever want is a little affection Somebody to hold at the end of a day All we ever need is a little connection Somebody to tell us everything's okay And all we ever want is a little affection All we ever need is a little connection 